It's time for a bedtime story. Today's bedtime story is A Whole Lot of Trouble, part of the Jenny Many series by Steve Hill. A Whole Lot of Trouble is a short story, part of the Jenny Many series, where we first meet Jenny and her amazing Labradoodle, Trixie. Will Jenny solve the mystery of the holes and the moles, or will there be a twist in the tale? Jenny Many Jenny Many, A Whole Lot of Trouble Jenny and Trixie Short Story Hi, I'm Jenny. Have I told you about my Labradoodle, Trixie? She's amazing. Aside from being the friendliest ball of fluff ever, my dog can do anything. Well, OK, not anything. Trixie can't whip up a batch of pancakes or say her 12 times table out loud. But she can shake hands, walk on two paws and dribble a football. Awesome, right? You only have to show her a trick once and she nails it. Trixie is super smart. Unfortunately, that's also how she landed herself in a whole lot of trouble. That sentence is what my friend Dylan calls a play on words. It should be a hole with a W, lot of trouble of course, but hole without a W sounds the same, and this story has a hole with a W, lot of holes without a W. I better explain. One day, I was round at Ella's. She lives next door to me, and we go to school together too. We were in her back garden, working out who could do the most cartwheels in a row. It was Ella, but her legs weren't that straight on the last three goes, so I should have won, really. Anyway, we were just trying to have a little fun, but her brother Robbie kept getting in the way. Robbie is only five, and he can be really annoying when you are trying to do something. He keeps coming over again and again, wanting you to play or to look at some beetle he has found crawling behind the shed. Usually, we say things like, cool, and smile politely, or we take turns to go and look just to keep him happy. This time, however... Ella had had enough. Robbie, she yelled, after he had charged over and knocked her into a flower bed. Go away. I could see Ella's point. There is a prickly bush in that flower bed, 
and poor Ella had fallen onto her bottom right in the middle of it. But when I looked at Robbie's little face, I felt bad. Ella doesn't mean that, I told him. It's just that we're trying to do a gymnastics show. Robbie's bottom lip stuck out a bit further. I glanced around the garden and spotted the sand pit. Why don't you do some digging? I suggested. Robbie crossed his arms and frowned. Don't want to. Really? I said, picking up a spade. I wonder how deep you could go. It's no fun on my own. I thought hard. Trixie will keep you company. Trix had been lying in the sun like she always does round at Ella's, but she came running over the minute she heard her name and dived into the sand pit. Dig, Trix, I said, using my hands to show her how. Sure enough, the clever pup began to burrow with all of her might. Sand flew across the lawn, sending Robbie into fits of delighted giggles. <laughs> dig, doggy, dig, he repeated, grabbing his spade and taking my place. It worked like a dream. Robbie didn't bother us for the rest of the afternoon. Even when we went up to Ella's bedroom, he stayed outside digging. Over the next few weeks, any time I went to Ella's, all I had to do was bring Trixie along. She and Robbie would head off to the sandpit, leaving us to relax in peace. And everything would have been fine if it wasn't for the hole under my treehouse. For the longest time, I didn't even know it was there. But Trixie did. One morning, when we were having breakfast, the doorbell rang. And rang. And rang. What on earth? spluttered Dad, getting up and rushing to the front door. Oh, hello, Roy. Is our bell broken? Is everything all right? It was old Mr McCarthy who lives next door on the other side. No, everything is not all right, he grumbled loudly. Fed up of the little pests. He hobbled right into the kitchen without being asked. I could tell Dad wasn't thrilled. He was ready to leave for work, but he is very polite, and so he simply said, What's that, Roy? My garden, dug up, third time this week. Dug up? Moles, said Mr McCarthy, getting very red-faced. I've got a mole infestation, or maybe even badgers. Have they invaded your garden too? He peered out of the window at our flat, green back lawn. Moles, Mum said. Where? All over. Mr. McCarthy cried. I'm riddled, look! He marched outside and pointed over our fence towards his lawn. We all followed. Oh dear, said Mum, peering over. I see what you mean, said Dad. Mr. McCarthy's lawn was ruined. The grass was covered with mounds of mud piled up beside dozens of gaping holes. Told you, Mr. McCarthy said. I've had enough. I've spent the past three weeks filling those in. It's no good. The blight has just come back and dig them all over again. I've had enough, I tell you. Mum and Dad ooed and ahed, then helped Mr McCarthy look up the number for a lawn specialist on the computer. I peeped at Trixie's paws. They were dirty. She had dirt on her muzzle, too. Suspicious. But Trixie couldn't get out of our garden. Could she? 
I went outside and looked around, and that's when I spotted a small hole behind the treehouse. A Trixie-sized hole. I put some stones in the hole to fill the gap. I didn't say anything, though. I let the moles take the blame. They didn't exist, so there was no harm. Mr McCarthy filled his holes again, but they came back. The lawn specialist filled Mr McCarthy's holes and reseeded his lawn, but the holes returned. Every morning, Trixie would look at me from her basket as if nothing was wrong, but her paws told a different story. Every morning I wiped them clean and then headed out to fill the hole up again. I kept quiet all through the summer. Then something happened. A for sale sign appeared outside Mr McCarthy's house. What's that, Dad? I asked as we climbed into the car. Old Roy is moving on, he said. Oh, he doesn't want to, he just can't stand the mole holes. My mouth fell open. He's going to sell his house because of that. But he's been here for years. Forty years, nodded Dad. It is very sad, but the worry is starting to affect his health. He's made his mind up to go. But they're only holes, I gasped, feeling my heart pound. Yes, Dad agreed, but his wife loved that garden. Roy says he can't bear the idea that he can't keep it nice. He's decided to move away. I couldn't stand it any longer. Even if Trixie was in serious trouble, I couldn't let Mr McCarthy leave. I had to speak out. They're not mole holes, I wailed. They're Trixie holes. What? Dad flipped the car radio off and turned to face me. It's my fault, I admitted. I taught Trix to dig in Robbie's sandpit, and now she's obsessed with digging up next door's garden. But she's shut in, Dad said, and we've checked the fence, there's no hole. Now came the really awkward part. There is a hole, I said quietly. It's under the treehouse. I didn't want Trix to get in trouble. I hoped that she'd stop on her own. I'm sorry, Dad. Me and Trix were both in trouble. Not just for the holes that kept popping up, but for letting it go on so long. Mum made me go up in my room and think about that. After me and Trix had sat on the bed crying a bit, I got out my best notepaper and wrote a long letter to Mr McCarthy explaining everything. I was going to put it through the letterbox, but Mum said we should own up face to face. And so we did. Mr McCarthy was cross at first, but after a while his face creased up into a chuckle and then a laugh. He was so relieved to have solved the mystery, he even gave Trixie a friendly pat on the head. The fence is fixed now and there's no digging allowed, even in Ella's sandpit, which is a shame because Robbie is still really annoying. It's worth it, though. At least Mr McCarthy didn't have to sell his house because of a whole lot of holes. Jenny
So that was A Whole Lot of Trouble, part of the Jenny Many series by Steve Hill. And Steve joins us today. So welcome, Steve. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. That is such a lovely tale and read beautifully by Gemma Whelan, that, of course, was, was Game of Thrones. So how did that relationship appear? Where did that collaboration come from? So uh, we, we needed to, to try and find a narrator that was a bit of a reflection of Jenny, both in terms of, you know, be, being a lady and being, you know, quite appealing to the younger audience. Um, and we actually had quite a, a, a kind of a, a long list, which quickly got whittled down, actually, just for a number of different reasons. But Gemma's actually got quite a, uh, a prolific kind of backstory in terms of audiobook recordings. And she's just so masterful at really? creating different character voices and becoming, you know, really, um, really powerful at bringing the audience into, you know, really believing and being part of those stories. It's, it's really quite incredible. Yeah. Um, and actually it was, it was our publishers, Strathmore Publishing that um, recommended Gemma. And, you know, when we, when we first started the dialogue, um, she loved the ethos behind Jenny Many and was very keen to, to get involved. Yeah, because her role in Game of Thrones is very action packed, wasn't it? I can just kind of, I know you can't compare it, but I can just see her now and then I can kind of picture Jenny Many in a similar outfit sort of thing, <laughs> getting up to mischief. So what inspired you to write this story, in, you know, initially? Is there a hidden message in there for children? There is, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, this, this isn't just about the stories. This is really a 360-degree experience. I mean, Jenny really is, is uh, we all have bits of, of Jenny in, in us, as it were. I mean, she's very human, she's fan fallible, but immensely inspiring. You know, she is the, the, the main character with her group of friends and she gets very enthusiastic. Uh, and and pr she's proof that one small spark of an idea can lead to, to big things big thing, when you reach yeah. out and you collaborate and share it with, with others and her friends. Yeah. So this is a shortened version of Jenny Many Strikes Gold. So what can our listeners expect from the full length version of this book? What does she get up to? I can't give away too many spoilers, Karen, <laughs> obviously. But there is a, a twisty, turny adventure. Um, I mean, in short, there is a, a new theme park that um, is being opened quite close to where Jenny lives. And she is so excited at the prospect of, of being able to, to go along. But it's it's just not that achievable in terms of, of you know, cost. It's, it's quite expensive. Yeah. And so they, her and her friends have to come up with creative ideas to try and get access to the park oh, brilliant. and she has her, her her ongoing nemesis lindy lawson who makes it ever such you know ever so difficult for her to to complete and and, and to, to win um 
the prize and, and get access to the park. But um, it's, it's probably that's probably way too much. I don't want to spoil the story. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. And what I love about Jenny, she's a modern girl, brought up with technology. And I love this confidently click, swipe, shares and serves. I took those words from 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 your website, I think clicks, swipes, shares and serves, but knows when to unplug and play. And I love that because I've got a child and I'm, I can't keep up with the swiping and the clicking and the sharing and the surfing. I'm so far behind and I think I'm barely up to date with things. I love that because it's so important to strike a balance, isn't it? It is indeed. And, and this isn't necessarily about demonising technology. I think what we've got to recognise is that technology is here and it's, you know, it's an embedded part of, of our everyday lives. But at the yeah. same time, it's important not to overconsume via technology. And it's still important to go out and experience things for real in real life uh, and to communicate and to collaborate and to socialise with with friends in real life and not yeah. via social media platforms or or through the screen it's about striking that balance technology can be a great you know portal to to learning and discovery but there isn't anything like you know feeling yeah. you know and experience things for, for real brilliant and are there more books in the jenny many series that we can expect in the future there is. We've got uh, another one that's uh, all ready and um, we're going to be launching that in the coming months uh, of a similar two and a quarter hours. Uh, we're going straight to audiobook. Um, we, we're not going to print just yet. And we've got a series of short stories which really act as prequels to all of the characters. Yeah. And will it be Gemma Whelan again reading? Because she does a beautiful job, doesn't she? It will indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Oh, it's been great talking to you, Steve. So for our listeners, where can they get hold of this audio book if they, if they want to purchase? So everything is available on JennyMenny.com, uh, but we are on all the major platforms. So Apple, Google Play, Audible. We're in the US, we're in the UK. So all major platforms um, will have access to Jenny Many, and it's live now. Brilliant. Well, I wish you all the best with the books and the audio books, and we look forward to hearing more from Jenny Many in the future. Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Karen. Bedtime Stories is sponsored by Team Author UK, independent publishers. If you have a fabulous story to tell, get in touch, as they excel at helping writers just like you. Visit their website at www.teamauthoruk.co.uk or on their social media platforms at Team Author UK.